Hi, I'm Kelsey Farias. And I'm Armando Farias. And each week we will be sharing knowledge and inspiration on becoming a better you. Feeling down, defeated, or looking at how to better yourself? We got you. Already successful? Great. Let's help you achieve even more. Sit back and get prepared to hear about overcoming challenges related to self-development, such as mental health, relationships, goal setting, personal growth, fitness, and dream building. Welcome Welcome to to Self-Love Sit-Downs. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Self-Love Sit-Downs. I am excited to bring a new series to you guys. This was just recently a little bit of an idea I had, and got some help from a client and friend on some first topics to cover in this series. But what this is going to be, and we'll just kind of do these here and there, I'm going to come on here and talk about different things that you hear in the fitness world and kind of debunk them, I guess. Kind of a fact or, or fiction or a Mythbusters type thing. Just because there is so much information circulating in the fitness world, right? And it's so hard to know, like, oh, okay, is that true? And sometimes even the ones that aren't true, you think of it and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And so I just think this is going to be a really beneficial series that we'll just kind of sprinkle throughout our episodes. But I do want to ask you guys to please submit some ideas for us. I have a good amount to start with and do probably a few episodes just because I'm only going to do about three or four an episode. But please submit these either to our email or you can DM me just different things you've heard in the fitness world that maybe you now know aren't true and I can come on and talk about them because likely even though you now know it's not true somebody else might not know that you know or things that you're like I'm not sure if this is actually true or not right so please feel free to submit these and just know we're not going to call you out and be like okay and Kelsey submitted this one right this is purely educational and want this to help as many people as possible. I mean, that's the whole reason that we have the podcast, right? So please just know there's going to be no judgment. This is going to help so many people by you being brave enough to submit the ones that maybe confuse you or that maybe at one point you had heard and now know otherwise. Um, whatever you have for us, please, please, please feel free to email us or DM me on Instagram. And those are both going to be in the show notes for easy access for you. So we are going to jump right in here. The first one that I want to talk about today is one that I myself used to believe, okay, is no eating after 7 or 8 p.m. You've kind of, you've, I've heard both the 7 p.m. kind of drawing the line and the 8 p.m. No eating after 7 or 8 p.m. or you will gain fat. I definitely believe this one. I believed this one to be true for so long. And let me tell you, I used to be a nighttime gym goer. I just, that's when I had most energy. I'm not really a morning person. Now I'm kind of forced myself into being a little bit of a morning person, but 
I would go to the gym in the evenings just because it fit my schedule better, wasn't really a morning person. And so kind of running into this one was rough for me because I believed it. And I was like, so do I not eat or do I eat? Because sometimes I would run into the issue that I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat because it's too late, right? And I don't want to gain any more weight. I'm here working my butt off trying to lose the weight. But then I would go elbows deep in the pantry because I had a tough workout and ended up being starving at 11 p.m. and eating everything under the sun, right? So this one speaks personally to my heart. (laughs) Um, So 100 calories at 6.59 or 7.59 is still 100 calories at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Okay, your body doesn't have a cutoff time where it's like, oh, switch has been flipped. We are now storing that as fat. Absolutely not. Your body does not do that. Now, I will tell you, can eating a big meal disrupt your sleep? Yes, it can. Absolutely, it can. Can it disrupt your digestion? Yeah. So you do want to try to eat earlier. That's probably where this kind of came from. But absolutely, if you cannot eat until later, please still eat your meal. I will just tell you, try to not make your biggest meal that late though, just because of the fact that, I mean, there's a lot of benefits of like evenly spacing your meals throughout the day. It just helps aid in digestion and energy levels. So we're not getting the highs and lows throughout the day. And all of that. But if you have to eat a meal late at night, you know, try not to make it a Thanksgiving meal, right? I feel like that kind of goes without saying. Just because when we sleep, that's our body's time to rest, recover, and repair. And if our body is having to work to break down food and digest, that's definitely going to, you know, eat into that time. Kind of like the image that I think of because I like to create like images for myself. It helps me remember things and like be bought into them. Throughout the day, we are kind of climbing this ladder, okay? You know, we're, we're getting things done. We're, you know, stressed about things, all of that. And so we're climbing a ladder all day. And when we go to bed, we're kind of at the top. Well, when we go to sleep, our body kind of climbs down that ladder and comes back down to a baseline so we can start our next day just recovered, just back at baseline, ready to take on another day. And if we, if our body is spending time digesting food or not sleeping properly, then it doesn't come all the way back down to that baseline and you start that next day, maybe at step one on the ladder or step two, right? And so that's why sleep is so important. It's important for many systems in our body. I mean, your nervous system, like I could really go off into like your hormones and everything, mental health, it impacts all of it. That's why sleep is so, so crucial. But there is absolutely no flip of a switch where all of a sudden your body's like, oh, everything now coming through, coming through her mouth is going to be stored as fat. That is not accurate. So that is absolutely a myth. Okay. The next one is you, your workouts should consist of confusing your muscles to avoid a plateau. 
I also used to believe this one. I used to follow all these girls on Instagram and save their workouts and go into the gym and do their workouts and think that I was doing the right thing, okay? Now, I'm gonna kind of give you both sides of this. Are doing those workouts and changing up your workout all the time, is that worse than sitting on the couch and not being active? Absolutely not. If you are uncomfortable in the gym and that's how you started because that's all you knew, like myself, absolutely, right? What's that saying? You're, if you're out there doing something, you're still lapping all the people on the couch. I can't remember what that quote is. I'm so bad at this, but <laughs> with the quotes, but I'm bringing the education, okay? So, so absolutely don't kick yourself if you thought that was true or still think that, you know, up until this moment thought that was true, that's, that's okay. Okay. Because that was definitely something that was kind of circulated in the fitness world, but it's absolutely not true. The whole point of going into the gym is to not just build, not just burn calories. Okay. Cause I feel like that's also another misconception. When we go into the gym, we want to build muscle. People want that toned look. That toned look comes from building muscle and exposing the muscle through fat loss. When you go into the gym and you hop on the elliptical for an hour, you're burning calories during that hour. When you go to the gym and you lift weights for an hour, you probably aren't burning as many calories as doing the elliptical for an hour, depending on, you know, your intensity and there's so many other things. But what it does do is it helps you build muscle, which helps you burn calories outside of the gym. When we have more muscle, it increases our metabolism. And that's what we want. Absolutely, that is what we want. You want to be a suburban. I've used this example several times. When we are maintaining, maybe you maintain your weight on 2000 calories a day because you are pretty fit. You've got some good muscle and I'm just using easy numbers. Everybody's maintenance is going to be a little bit different depending on a lot of specs. Okay. But when you have more muscle, that number is going to increase. Okay. And you want to be able to maintain your weight on higher calories because that's going to give you more flexibility with food. That's going to be better for you when you go on vacation. I would rather be able to eat between, between 2,000 and 2,400 calories a day versus 15 to 1,800, right? It just gives you more flexibility and you're less likely to come back up 10 pounds on the scale, right? From just, I of course, unless you're going buck wild, obviously. But um, we definitely want to build muscle in the gym. That's what's making our gym time more effective and efficient is by lifting weights, right? And there is a balance to this of cardio, but I think that cardio is very abused, okay? But the key to building muscle is not confusing the muscle. You're not going to confuse your muscle. It's to use progressive overload. And what that means is to increase the increase the demand that you put on the muscle. And how you can do that is by repeating the same workouts for four plus weeks and either increasing the weights you use, 
increasing the volume by maybe increasing the sets or number of reps you do. You can do it by decreasing the rest time in between sets. You can do it by adding the time under tension. Maybe you slow down the movement. Maybe when you're doing a squat, instead of just, you know, up, down, up, down, you really do like a one, two, three decrease, right? Keeping that time under tension longer, that's a form of progressive overload. So there's a lot of options for you, but progressive overload is crucial. You should be repeating the same workouts for four plus weeks and building off of them. A good rule of thumb that I tell my clients is the last one third of your reps should be difficult. You should be wondering, how am I going to do this? But the key is without breaking form. We do not want to compromise form at any cost, okay? Having good form is crucial for building muscle, but also crucial for avoiding injury, right? What I tell clients is we are not a no pain, no gain type around here because I don't want you pushing so hard to the point that then you injure yourself and now we have to go to physical therapy, we're out of the gym for six months, all of that, okay? Trust me, it is not worth it. Don't do it because I did it, okay? Learn from my mistakes. And so progressive overload is just really crucial here. Muscle confusion, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking to challenge yourself in the gym, not compromise form. That is the key, okay? The next one, eat less, weigh less, okay? This is definitely something diet culture has created is this idea of eat less, weigh less. It's just that simple. It's not that simple. There's so much more that goes into this journey. It's a very individualized approach. This is why my coaching is not just challenges that are very vanilla where it's all the same for everybody. It's not a one size fits all. No, it's all customized to each individual because that's how this should look. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's journey to this point has been different. And so it's just not that simple. If it were that simple, I would not have women coming to me saying, Kelsey, help me. I am heavier than I've ever been. I'm eating a thousand calories a day. I ate less, but I don't weigh less, right? That wouldn't happen. But there's just this idea that, okay, well, if we just eat less, no, there's so much more that goes into this. And I'm not going to go into this whole process here today because we do have episodes on reverse dieting. And that really explains kind of that process for you. But the idea is always to diet on as high of calories as possible because that is, dieting is a controlled starvation for your body. This is why it's hard. This is why it sucks, right? And when we put our body in that, that's stress on your body. Your body is going to meet you where you're at. And I'll give this quick example. I said I wasn't going to go into it and here I am going into it. Just I want to give like just a little glimpse so you can have a little bit more of an understanding maybe for a newer listener who hasn't heard about reverse dieting. So say I have a female and I'm going to use easy numbers here who is maintaining her weight eating 2000 calories a day. Okay. She wants to lose some weight. So then we drop her calories a little bit and we're going to have her 
diet at 1,650 calories a day. She's getting great results, doing awesome, getting all the workouts in, drinking the water, managing stress, all of it. But all of a sudden, she's doing all the same things, but she's not getting the results anymore. And that time, that, you know, it could be six weeks, it could be eight weeks, it could be 10 weeks. This is very person to person, okay? She's like, what did I, what am I doing wrong? Well, what's happened is what's called metabolic adaptation. Your body will say, okay, I'm kind of going to meet you where you're at. This is your body's kind of survival mechanism. This is your body keeping you alive. And so it'll say, okay, that's how much you're going to eat. Now I'm going to maintain right there. So you'll have to cut more calories to lose more weight. But then you will get to a point where things start getting sacrificed. Hormonal health. You'll lose your period. You'll have so much brain fog. Slow digestion poor sleep quality and good digestion, good sleep, all of those help us lose weight. So it really, your body will do what it takes, just like in an exercise, for example. You're doing an exercise, your body will try to to move and do things so that it's easier, right? And sometimes that means that you've broken good form, right? Because your body is just trying to say, okay, I want the easy route. But sometimes the hard route is the right route, okay? So that's your body's way of saying, okay, you're making this hard. I'm going to just, I'm going to cut this back. This is now where I'm going to maintain, okay? And so we really have to work with our bodies and everybody has kind of a bottom floor as far as where we should cut their calories to. And unless you are a bikini competitor who's going to get on stage wanting to have very, very low body fat percentage, there is no reason to be eating so little because it really compromises a lot of systems and makes life a lot harder. I'll tell you one of the first side effects that I get when I've been in a diet for too long is a lot of brain fog. I really start to like, just kind of feel like, oh, you know, and That to me is not worth it. You should not, it should not be that hard. Dieting is hard, but it's not that hard, okay? So that's why we always want to diet on as high of calories as possible. And that's also why, you know, women will come to me wanting to lose weight and say, why can't I lose weight? I've been eating less and I'm not losing weight. Well, when you're eating eight, nine hundred calories a day, that is not enough. That's not enough for your body. And so that's where we have to, I have to have that hard conversation of, hey, we need to reverse diet you before we can try to diet. And so you have to almost earn the right to diet, okay? So if you want more information on that, please take um, a listen to some of our prior episodes on reverse dieting because that will really explain that process but just understand that process looks different for everybody but unfortunately I'm seeing more and more women come to me who have been chronically under eating for years and the eat less weigh less just doesn't work anymore at that point okay so the last one that I want to talk on today is going to be probably one that you've heard because I know I've heard this time and time again I actually recently heard it and I had to bite my tongue just because it is not my place to correct people um, or give unsolicited advice. But the, the 
I guess, term I'm talking about is muscle weighs more than fat. Well, it's not actually that simple. So let me break it down for you. One pound of rocks versus one pound of feathers. Which is more? Well, one pound is one pound. So one pound of rocks, one pound of feathers. That's, they're equal, right? But rock is more dense than feathers, right? So it's not that it weighs more because one pound is still one pound. One pound of fat versus one pound of muscle, they're both one pound. But it's the fact that muscle is more dense. And I feel like how we say that muscle weighs more than fat, it just creates confusion with that, okay? Muscle is more dense than fat. And what I mean by that is one pound of muscle will take up less space in your body than one pound of fat. So if you have more muscle, you will have a leaner look, which is what we want, right? So yes, the goal is to have more muscle, but it's not because it weighs different. One to one is still one, right? It's still equal. One pound is still equal to one pound, but muscle will just have you looking smaller, okay? Because it's more dense. So hopefully that clears up some questions that you had had or maybe some things that you were confused on or maybe you have maybe you knew the answers but you hadn't heard it explained this way but that's kind of the idea behind this series and I'm really excited to bring this to you because I think these will be shorter episodes but just full of good education, which is the whole point of this podcast. We want to educate, inspire, help you guys. So like I said in the beginning, please, if you have any, you know, things that you've heard when it comes to fitness that you've questioned or maybe you already know about now, but you would love to hear more of an explanation, please feel free to submit those to us. We would love to have them. I would love to come and teach on these for you guys. And as always, if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. If you haven't left a review, we would love, love, love for you to give us a five-star review. We appreciate you tuning in and I will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Self-Love Sit-Downs. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review. In the world of podcasting, the only way to climb the ranks is by receiving feedback via comments and ratings, in return reaching as many people as possible. As always, if you love this episode or know someone who would find value in this, share it with a friend and tag us. You can find us on Instagram at Kelsey underscore Teddy and Mondofarius05. For any additional feedback, you can email us at selflovesitdowns at gmail.com.